When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness. That was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. And this is our final Stockwatch pod ahead of the start of the 2023 regular season. So this is going to... Look at all of the players that are moving up and down after week three of the preseason and after final roster cuts, some trades going on as well. So uh, we'll talk about all that. And then our next episode after this uh, will be our final rankings pod where we'll go over all of our top league winners uh, that we like uh, for 2023 now that we have a a pretty good idea of what's going to go down and who's going to be on all these rosters and here to break it down with me, one of the top fantasy rankers, projectors in the game, none other than the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Happy uh, roster cut day. Uh, we're going to be living in our spreadsheets for the for the next 24 hours, I bet. Oh, yeah. 24. Try like 72. <laughs> yeah, probably the rest of the week. Yeah. Like, I, I always get caught up. Like, I'll, I'll start, like, updating stuff, and then I'm like, you know what? I need to, like... I need to like refine this little model here and then I'll, I'll just get like <laughs> sidetracked and cre- start creating mini models and I'm just supposed to be. Oh, not the mini models. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's just run. We're going to just run through a lot of players here, but yeah. guys that, you know, we think is worth talking about um, guys that, you know, essentially their fantasy value uh, has changed since, uh, you know, in the last week or, or so. Um, with uh, with all the rosters being cut down in, in the preseason ending. So uh, let's start at quarterback. Uh, the big news, Kyler Murray officially is going to start the year on the physically unable to perform list. But not only that, Colt McCoy is cut. So Josh Dobbs probably starting week one. Remember, he's familiar with uh, new offensive coordinator in Arizona, Drew Petzing's uh, system because Petzing mm-hmm. was with Dobbs in Cleveland. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be Dobbs. It could be Clayton Toon, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be Dobbs. But I think for for Kyler Murray, this, you know, I, I don't think this is good news because I think now that he's officially on the PUP, uh, I, I just, there's always that danger that he just never comes off. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I was projecting Kyler for maybe three missed games. It, it definitely looked like he was, going to be ready earlier in the season but now that he's on the pup you know he's going to miss at least four games at that point they might be 0 and four we've talked about there, yep. there's no reason to rush him back um and then if they end up with the first overall pick next year uh it's gonna be mighty tempting to take caleb williams so i'm very interested to see how this drama unfolds um but like you said you know josh jobs could be their starter for most of the season now um if, yep. if that ends up being the case and he has some sneaky rushing upside. I know I was pissed off when he was on the Titans. They didn't let him use his legs as much, uh, but he does have some pretty good rushing upside. So he could be a sneaky play in like DFS or maybe push low end QB2 value at times. So he's a guy to watch uh, an eye on in like deeper leagues and things like that. But it does look like he's going to be their week one starter unless, you know, they, they go with Clayton Toon, which is still possible. I don't, I don't think they've announced yet, um, but Dobbs is definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, I think if I think if Toon were were to be the guy, I you know I don't know if they would have made the move for Dobbs. They might have just released McCoy and kind of rode with you know. Or, or, or I mean, I, it just it just seems like Toon did not wow them enough. Um, so yeah. But either way, you know, Kyler Murray, I have him ranked twenty eighth. I haven't projected for ten and a half games, but mm. this Cardinal team 
is they're they're tanking. Like this is yeah. an all out full on tank job. So I mean, where is Kyrie? Is Kyrie? Are you drafting him at all he, anywhere? I think in leagues where if you could stash him on your IR for free or something, absolutely. Why not? Uh, but he's my QB 28. Again, that's going to be Same. a lot lower than where I would draft him because I'm, I'm chopping off so many games. But his per game value is going to be higher than that. So, yeah, deeper leagues where you start two quarterbacks or something, definitely add him late if you can and stash him on the IR. I think the real question is, are you downgrading uh, James Conner at all or Marquise Brown? Because I think that's – Something like this can really impact, you know, a guy like Connor who probably needs the offense to provide him goal line looks. Um, you know, Marquise Brown could struggle with a guy like Dobbs under center. So are you lowering those guys at all with this news? No, I, 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 the reason being I already had Kyra pretty conservatively mm. projected and Kyra was very bad last year. He had his worst season as a passer. Um, and so – when it comes to this offense, the way I'm looking at it is I actually am not dra- – I have him ranked 28th as well, but I'm not mm-hmm. drafting him anywhere because uh, when I look at Kyler, I'm saying, okay, this dude had his worst season as a pro last year. He's coming off an ACL injury. He needs his mobility. That probably will be compromised. He's learning a new offense. Mm-hmm. The study clause was removed from his contract. So will he actually learn a new offense? How can he learn a new offense when he's rehabbing a torn ACL? This is this is this just sets up for a disaster. And the last thing <laughs> I, I feel like I want to tell people to do is like stash a dude who ends up being like just as bad as the like Joshua Dobbs. Like there's there's a there's a non-zero chance that Kyler Murray is not any better than Joshua Dobbs from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. So like, hey. I'm 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 just out on him. I'm out. And he might he might return right around when the new Call of Duty game comes out. So we, we won't <laughs> even get that pre-Call of Duty sugar rush from him either. So Yeah. I mean, no, like I, I know people are considering this, so we'll talk about it for another second mm-hmm. long and then we'll move on. But I if you look at Arizona's coaching staff, first time head coach in Gannon, right? First time coordinator on offense, first time coordinator on defense. You look around at coaching staff, no big names, no veterans. This is this this is they signed off on a tank job. Like I'm sorry, like, yeah. this is this is the clearest uh, tank job I think we've seen in some time. I mean, they didn't replace Murphy, they didn't replace Hopkins, they didn't replace Zach Allen. Like they, it couldn't be it, it couldn't be any clearer to me. So with Kyler Murray going on a pup, you know what is it four, and then and then you have another four weeks to activate him, and then he another like yeah. the, he could end up missing like eight weeks I think total by being on the pup or something. Right. Um, Yeah. So I think he might end up missing the max of that, but there's, like I said, there's a chance he plays zero games and that combined with the fact that him learning a new offense and having his mobility compromised. I just think, I just think you don't, you don't draft him in 2023. I just think it's a loss. That's Jamison Williams part two. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing when, even when, if, and when he does return, he's not going to be running around like usual. He's coming back from a really significant, leg injury so yeah like he, he won't even provide that rushing upside um just stay away yeah it's, it's number 6.1 yards per attempt last year and no <laughs> hopkins like it's, yeah man uh, all right uh <clears throat> bailey zappy's cut so that just solidifies mac jones mm-hmm. um you know he's so he is one of these quarterbacks now that does have kind of like that jordan love job security where you figure he would start every single game um so like where where are you on mac jones in terms of other rankings uh, he's QB 25. I, I, he's not a guy that I'm really interested in. Um, I did bump his games play projection up a bit, so that's why he moved up. But, uh, you know, I'm still in this range, definitely looking at guys like Stafford, Purdy, Jordan Love, and Kenny Pickett specifically. I would still take Bryce Young over Mac Jones because he does have some rushing upside. But th- this just means that Mac Jones is a lock to pretty much start when he's healthy this year. I, I was one of the people that thought that Zappi was going to overtake him like he did for one or two games last year. Uh, but this just solidifies that he's he's their starting quarterback this year. Yep. Yeah, having QB 26. Yeah, 25. 20, I, might move, I think yeah. I'm going to move him up one. So, yeah, 25 sounds about right. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I mean, he's just buzzing right now. So, we'll talk about it real quick. Five drives in the preseason. All five resulted in a touchdown. He had a big preseason last year, too. Um, so, I guess we can't overreact. But mm-hmm. um, you know, where are you taking Pickett? Like, how high? Um, I would say QB 22. 
That's where I'd take him. Um, I, I think I'd still lean Jordan Love, maybe Brock Purdy over him, but that range. And I think ultimately he just makes me more confident drafting guys like Deontay Johnson, George Pickens specifically, um, and Pat Firemuth. I, I, I still like Pat Firemuth where he's going. And to be fair, one of those um, five drives that resulted in a touchdown, all Pickett had to do was hand the ball off to Jalen Warren and he yep. busted a 60-plus yard touchdown. But, uh, yeah, Pickett looked great. I was, I was like, he was one of the toughest projections heading into yeah. preseason. I was like, I got to see how he looks because he could make a big year two leap. Prove that I blew it out of the water. So he's a guy I'm much higher on than I was entering preseason. And that just makes me like his receivers and tight end even more. I see. I actually think, I mean, I think Pickett kind of, he's going to, he's going to make a year two leap, but I think the biggest year two leap is actually going to be uh, Pickens. And that is ultimately mm-hmm. what's going to help pick, pick it. Cause Pickens was kind of a one trick pony last year. Now he's a complete receiver and that just really changes the game, I think, for, for a guy like Pickens, you know, to have a guy yeah. like, a guy that talented running all over the field. Because Deontay is great, but it's just a different kind of receiver. You know, like I, he's not making his quarterback better necessarily the way a guy mm-hmm. like Pickens with that size, you know, with that size speed combo can. Yeah, and your, your boy uh, Allen Robinson was running around like 90% of Pickens' dropbacks. So those are just, you know, wind sprints, more targets for Pickens, right? Yeah, I mean, Calvin Austin will overtake a round soon enough. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Eventually. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, let's move on to running back. The big news here, Jonathan Taylor Mm -hmm. not traded from the Indianapolis Colts. So he's on the PUP, right? So he will miss at least the first four games. So this is getting kind of weird here uh, (laughs) in Indianapolis. Um, yeah. because, you know, there was like, I guess, debate over whether he was actually injured and, you know, so now he's on the PUP, so he's definitely missing four games. Uh, I guess the big question here is what two, well, two things. First, yeah. what does it do to the ranking for JT? And then two, uh, who do we expect to kind of fill this void? Like, is there any value, um, in any of these other backs? Uh, so I move JT down to like RB 18, I would say that's the range where I might want to take him. But like you said, this is getting very weird. I don't think after four games, he's just all of a sudden going to be the starting running back. And there we go. Uh, This could get worse. So you always say, you know, you don't want to lose your draft early on in the draft. So he's a player I'm staying away from. Uh, He'd probably have to fall outside the top 20, honestly. For me to consider him, but he's my RB eighteen right now. Not saying I draft him there, but that's that's where I moved him down. Um, in terms of the backups, I mean, this is a disaster. It's you know, Deion Jackson is probably the favorite to maybe get the nominal start week one, but um, and we don't know if Zach Moss is going to be ready week one. He's coming back from that broken arm. Uh, I think it's just going to be a mess. It, it could be a three way committee. Um, and to be fair, Anthony Richards. Anthony Richardson is their starting running back. He's going to be running at a shit ton. So I, I think that Deion Jackson's worth a flyer if you can get him for free at the end of the draft or something like that. But I wouldn't be banking on any of these guys putting up like RB2 numbers. So they're not guys I really seek out in my RB upside ratings chart, you know, something like that. Um, but I think Deion Jackson for now would be my favorite one to add. Yeah, because Moss, I think Moss is the intended backup, but. Mm-hmm the injury uh, kind of complicates things. Uh, and Steichen was formerly the offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, who famously used that three-way and sometimes even four-way committee yeah. at the running back position a year ago, even in too deep into the playoffs. So mm-hmm. 
I, you know, ultimately you, we probably just have to expect the same thing while Taylor is out. And I, and I agree. I have him, I have him at RB 20 right now, but um, you know, that's, that's mm. with kind of projecting his old workload, which I don't, I don't even yeah. know if he's going to get, you know, 17 and a half carries per game, you know, this year. So, um, you know, 20 might be closer to the ceiling. Cause again, when a guy's on the PUP, four games is the minimum. They, they then yeah. there's then you have a chance to like activate them off the practice window. Like they don't have to come back. It's not just guaranteed that they come back in the fifth for the fifth week. Yeah, so like to kind of factor that in. Is this all kind of contract related, or is it his ankle and back are like actually the issue here? Do you have any idea? Because I've seen video of him walking around. He looked like me after leg day. Like he didn't look great walking around. I think he is dealing with injuries, right? He must be dealing with something because yeah. it, there, it, you don't just you don't just go on the. I th- I feel like that is a um, that would be a violation if you put him on the PUP with no injury. Oh, you know, right? Like, and then maybe that's why people aren't trading for him. Maybe like they found yeah. out he's dealing with like a decent enough injury that they don't want to you know trade for him. Um, what's going like the Colts probably have a better idea what's going to happen. Like it's not out of the question they could bring in like a Cream Hunt or Leonard Fournette, right? Do you have any idea like? Are those guys getting floated around or I haven't seen, I honestly haven't seen anything. This is another one of those teams that is, you know, in a, in a rebuild. So I would guess that they would just let Evan Hull, let it ride. Yeah. Yeah. Let it ride. You know, Deion Jackson, let him, let him get some, let him get some totes. Zach Moss. Like I, I I don't think they'll like, this is not the type of team that would, that, that would even be a a team that those guys would want to go to anyway. You know, this is a rebuilding team. So yeah, Uh, without JT, it's it's even worse. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, Josh Jacobs, he signed a one-year deal, so he's back. Um, you know, does this change anything for you? Where are you taking Jacobs this year? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I was kind of docking him one extra game than normal. Um, so he was, there's actually a pretty big gap from like RB nine to RB 10. So he was still my RB nine. He's back up to RB eight, especially with the Jonathan Taylor news. Uh, but he's still a guy that's coming off a near 400 touch season. So he's still a guy I'd be careful with, but this does kind of solidify him at least early in the season. So he's, he's back up to my, my RB eight. I won't be drafting him there though. So yeah. Oh, so you're just, you're just not, you're just out on Jake. Well, yeah, like I am too. I am too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm definitely one of the people that uh, is concerned with his workload last year. Missing camp is not great. Like he's, more exposed to, you know, an in-season injury early on. And he doesn't go to time where I'm attacking running back. That That's – he's going where I'm drafting wide receiver um, or, like, maybe a Mark Andrews or something like that. He, he's just not part of my overall draft strategy. Yeah, agreed. Um, this this does uh, take a little bit of a hit out of Zamir White, though, right? Because he, oh, yeah. he was kind of pushing top 50 in, in some spots I saw. Uh, yeah, that's – yeah, that was the appeal for him was, you know, this could get really ugly like the JT situation. And the Raiders do have a clear-cut backup. That's Zemir White. You know, he wouldn't really play much on passing downs, but he's the clear backup. So that's why his ADP was going up. But once they signed Jacobs, that kind of squashes that. He's still, you know, he has injury upside, um, but he's more middle of the pack in that department. Yeah, the fact that he's more like a pretty much a strict two-down back, and, and this is this is still projected to be a – pretty bad team mm-hmm. um you know not not my favorite back even in that you know outside that yeah. top 50 range um I, I think he can do better jk dobbins is back as well uh you know i've seen a lot of different ranks for him you know all <laughs> over the place what do you think where where you see yourself ending up with jk um so he's my rb 27 he's just that fringe rb2 rb3 range um you know he was holding out that's kind of why he was missing camp and everything I I don't think it was necessarily injury related so good to see him back um you know this team's gonna be a lot more pass heavy you know like you said they're taking away the fullback so it's gonna be a little bit of a different offense uh so he's really tricky tricky to project I rather have you know James Conner Dave Montgomery even Alexander Madison type I think those guys typically go after him anyway so he's not a back I'm really aggressively pursuing. Plus, if one of the backups gets hurt on the Ravens, he doesn't really get that much of an upgrade, which is kind of what I look for 
um, in this range. So I seem to be lower the consensus. I think we get tagged together on tweets all the time. Like, hey, yo, why are you guys ranking J.K. Dobbins so low? And I didn't realize that we were lower on him. It just doesn't have that kind of upside that that I look for in this range. So he's my RB27, not getting much of him this year. Yeah, he's my uh, RB30. And I, agree. I think, I, well, I mean, that's not, not much different. No, no I, wonder people are reaching out to us. I uh, thought I yeah. was pretty low, but you're lower. <laughs> I mean, you know me, I'm always, I'm always like more often like the, the I wouldn't call, I, I would say the market's off, not well, you. Well, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm always far from consensus. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, so my thing with Dobbins is I, I do think that he could catch more passes, but they've never let sure. him really you know, average more than 13, 14 carries in, in, a, in a season. Uh, and I, he's still a big missed games risk. He's still a big injury risk, you know, regardless of, uh, of of anything else that's going on. And, you know, the fact that he wasn't really, you know, doing too much in camp, I don't I don't really like that for guys like that. I'd rather you kind of be getting in shape and, and you know, work at playing and, and, and stuff. So I, I, I'm not getting much of Dobbins this year. I think this is all about the pass game uh, for yeah, is- Baltimore. His recent ADPs around RB twenty two, a little that's, too rich. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but Alexander Madison is is you know he's he's got to go after him because it's RB twenty eight now. Oh, oh he's my god, to, he's back to the ADP. Remember we were like they're cutting Dalvin Cook at him now. He's almost back to ADP. Bro, what is going on? Is, I will die on this hill. Yeah, Alexander Madison. Like, watch. We're gonna <laughs> we're, the Vikings are gonna play the Bucks in Week One, and Alexander <laughs> Madison is going to get a one hundred percent snap rate. Book it. Like he's not coming off the field. Like, like, yeah. like they 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 cut McBride. They cut the rookie. Do you see that? What? Yeah, they cut Dwayne McBride. Well. And Nwangu's hurt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alexander Madison, 30 carries for 85 yards week one, yeah. two touchdowns. Book it. And, I mean, they might need to bring in, a, like, a Kareem Hunt. But I, that's Ooh. only – I would think – no, I I, always, I think that I only think... is to play the Madison role from last year. Like, Kareem yeah. Hunt would get, like, 20% of the snaps, like, five touches a game, maybe get a couple of third downs. But Yeah, take the receiving work away. That's not really – Madison's not even all, thing, like all but... of it. Like, just like Cook last year, you know. Like, he played, like, yeah. 72%. It wasn't really like he lost his receiving work. It was just when he needed a breather, Madison came up. Okay, so yeah, Mostert, Wilson, and and Devon (laughs) A-Chain move back up because the Dolphins did not trade for Jonathan. They have been a joy to project all offseason, right? (laughs) Yeah. Good God. I mean, A-Chain, honestly, I I had a lower A-Chain because, like, he just – like, he was playing with, like, the fifth stringers, and then he just got, like – truck stick that now he's out and like I, we, we, it was yeah. funny because we were like oh yeah you know he he's had he's had like 38 carries in a game like he can stand up to a full workload and then literally like the first time he takes a hit he just gets a body well, did you, out was that the hit that he hurt his shoulder or nope, was it the play nope. after it was a different well play, he got but, he got yeah. like literally body slammed i yeah don't know why it wasn't a penalty but yeah he got body slammed and it was the next play he yep. hurt his shoulder but he was taking some big hits um but yeah, they, they have been a disaster project because like at first we thought they were going to land, you know, Dalvin Cook. And then we thought they would be the team that would trade for JT. It's just like a constant, you know, bracing yourself for them. And they're all, you know, it's a three-way committee. So, um, yep, I've moved them back up now that looks like JT's not getting traded. Uh, so where do, where do you have uh, Mostert and Wilson? So I have, I have Mostert RB41. Um, I mean, he might be the cheapest week one starting running back, but it's for a reason. You know, he's going to be healthy the first few games. He has not been able to stay healthy. And now he's, he's what, 31, 32 years yep, old now. Uh, yeah. Constantly a threat for them to bring somebody in. So he's not a guy uh, I've been targeting. Neither is Wilson. Um, A-Chain still might be sneaky later on. I think he could have some big plays in the passing game. But largely, this has been a backfield I've been avoiding all summer. Yeah, yeah, I have, I still have, yeah, Mostert and Wilson right there, right, right outside the top forty. I have A chain, A chain down to fifty eight, just because I, I, I think he's gonna miss games, yeah, uh, to start the year. So, yeah, just not really, not really much you could do there. Uh, Tajay Spears for the Titans uh, got a little boost in value because Hassan Haskins went on injured reserve, so that kind of solidifies Spears' role behind uh, Derrick Henry, and uh, he might have a, a role. You know, I think you kind of talked about yeah. like the Dontrell Hilliard role, something like that. Yep. So, um, you know, this is a guy that I am targeting because if Derrick Henry goes down, I think Spears would get 
um, you know, a, a workhorse uh, role. I mean, they have nobody else. They might have to bring in like a four net if, if Henry goes down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Spears looks great. Uh, and I, there's still a non-zero chance that Henry could get traded um, by the end of the season. I know you're a Titans futures holder. I'm not saying that will happen, but it's possible, right? It's no, possible. Absolutely. Not. No. Uh, well, either way, if, even if Henry plays all 17 games, I still think Spears could carve out like the third down role, which has had value at times in this offense. So I love him as a prospect. You know, they took him in the third round for a reason. Uh, he might not have a long career due to his medical history, but um, he's going to be very good in his, you know, five to seven years he's in the league. I, I love him as a prospect coming out of Tulane. Yeah. I mean, I love Spears too. He, that third down role is not having any value. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> this is a run heavy offense with no, I know. Burks and Chig. Like this is there's absolutely is, no this way is that third down running DFS showdown slate. Remember, there's been times where like Nichols or Hilliard <laughs> racked up like four to eight catches in a game. <sighs> it's happened. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I plus I, I, Spears is good. I'm projecting like maybe four to five carries. A game uh, could, could be his ceiling, with, even when Henry's healthy. Spears is really friggin' good. They're gonna use that dude to blow up. They're gonna use that dude to blow up the edge rusher that their left tackle can't block. That's that's what, <laughs> that's what he's gonna be used yeah, for. Right. Their dad. offensive line could be an issue. <laughs> he's not gonna catch many passes at all, unless unless Henry goes down. Then 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 right. He that's the appeal for taking him is if Henry misses time. He could be, you know, low-end RB2. He has that kind of skill set. Uh, Dallas, how are you treating the the Tony Pollard backup? Dowdle and Deuce, uh, Deuce Vaughn both made it. Deuce looked, like, really good in preseason. Yeah. Um, is he the RB2? Or is it Dowdle because he's more of a conventional RB? I think, yeah, I think Dowdle, like, if Pollard were to go down, Dowdle would probably see the most touches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Deuce is like the Tony Pollard. I, my comp for him going into the draft was micro machine Tony Pollard. I mean, he is really good. He probably can't handle more than 15 touches a game, but he's the kind of guy that can do some damage with five to 10 touches a game. So I think he's going to mix in even when Tony Pollard is healthy. Um, so he could have weeks where he provides value. I'm not saying draft him. Um, but I think, yeah, with Malik Davis, um, you know, getting cut, Dowdle would be the handcuff. Um, but I think Deuce Deuce could have some weeks where he's you know putting up RB three flex kind of numbers. He's that good. Yeah, I mean, I think both of them are worth a stash. Yeah, for sure. Like Dallas wants to run a lot, right? That I mean, that's what I keep hearing. I don't know where mm-hmm. these carries are coming from, you know? Because like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Tony Pollard, like, what? What is he? He's probably not getting more than fifteen a game tops, I would think, right? Fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, tops. for yeah, like when he would fill in for Zeke or you know. He could have games where he has 20-plus carries, but maybe not for a full, full 17-game season. So, yeah, I think Deuce Vaughn could mix in uh, quite a bit, um, even when Tony Pollard is healthy. That's who I think would probably see the most touches when Pollard is healthy, and then if Pollard misses time, uh, it'll be Dowdle. That's kind of the way I'm projecting this out. Well, I mean, they also recently traded for a very good uh, short yardage back in Trey Lance. So. Oh, oh! <laughs> I thought you. I, I thought you were going to mention Ronald Jones one last uh, time. Uh, 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 Please don't go there. No, no. But no, yeah, no. you mean like have packages with Trey Lance in there? That could no, be I mean just convert him to running back. Oh, <laughs> just convert him to running back. If if it's because like San Francisco can pull a quarterback out of their like butt crack on like <laughs> fucking Pluto. That's yeah. not even a planet anymore. But like they couldn't make <laughs> Trey Lance into a quarterback. Like something's got to be off. If they couldn't right. make him to a quarterback. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, all right, guys. The uh, the new season is almost here. So, road habit of never missing a snap on Sunday is back. And I want to tell you guys about another habit that I've been getting into, Caldera Labs Skin Regimen. It's simple. And since you're already in the habit of doing something like brushing your teeth, why not just add another habit right after to take your skincare up a notch as well with Caldera Lab. You got a three-step process. The number one is the clean slate, the face wash. Number two is the base layer, which is the moisturizer. And then you have the good, which is a serum that you can use at night that makes your skin look tighter and smoother. Every drop has three to four million 
antioxidant units protecting your skin. Skincare is important, but it does not have to be difficult. People getting in that habit of just one minute in the morning, one minute at night, all you need to take your daily routine up a notch to better, clearer skin. And just for our audience, we have an exclusive offer, Caldera's best offer anywhere. Just use code FLEX, that's F-L-E-X at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code FLEX at calderalab.com and make unforgettable first impressions that lead to those magic words, you look younger. Get 20% off at calderalab.com with code Flex. All right, wide receiver Jerry Judy uh, might miss some time to start the year. That is good for Marvin Mims, but I'm curious as to uh, what your games played and, and ranking is for for Judy right now. Oh, it's that's a tough one because um, you know it looks like he's going to avoid the pup list, so he, he mm-hmm. could be ready sooner than later. Uh, I I knocked uh, two and a half games, uh, like two to two and a half games off his projected game. So he's down to uh, wide receiver 43, but I would still probably draft him ahead of them. Um, especially if he's going to be your wide receiver four, at least starting on your bench. Um, I, I think he could be back by week three, just based on the tea leaves. But I think the thing to do is, uh, yeah, invest in Marvin Mims even more right now um, because he could have a prominent role um, either way, because I think the Tim Patrick injury really opened the door for Marvin Mims. And he's the kind of guy that, um, all he needs is a couple of catches a game to make some noise. He's probably going to be their main downfield threat. I believe he was also the first draft pick of the new Sean Payton regime. So I think, you know, Sean Payton believes in this guy. So I would not be shocked if he has a really good rookie season. You could still get him cheap. Um, and he's one of those guys I like to have on my bench, a uh, really high upside guy. Um, so I think that the takeaway here is to draft Nims a little bit earlier. Well, Denver traded – a first round pick to New Orleans for Sean Payton, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So Sean Payton was technically Sean Payton's first pick. Wow. (laughs) Mind Uh, blown. But but no, I think, I think, (laughs) I think Mims could be, I I know Payton wasn't there last year, but maybe like, maybe like a Rashid Shahid type of player. Um, Oh yeah, for sure. Explosive. Um, You know, may start out a little slow. You may see more, uh, Brandon Johnson and Marquez Cowley than, and, and who is it, Will Jordan Humphrey than you want to see early mm-hmm. in Denver. Kind of like, remember those Saints wide receiver rotations that we could never project? Yeah, um, so, with Marquez Calloway. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, wouldn't, I, would, I would temper expectations a little bit with Mims, but I, I do think, you know, he's kind of inching toward that, that top 60 for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think there's still some, some better guys to take that I have, have more value sooner but uh this still is is good for mims uh though i will say this once judy is back i, I do think we could see a, a, a lot of uh one two i mean we'll see it anyway but like a lot of one two personnel that could exclude uh mims because i think you're gonna yeah. see you know troutman and, and dosage you know that, that that just seems like one of the ways they want to kind of control russell wilson's um yeah you know whatever whatever you want to call that was that was last year by you know, <laughs> heavy personnel we got defense right. we run the ball so yeah it's it's just i don't love this whole situation i got judy at a wide receiver 39 uh, yeah that that's a fair yeah. rank uh, and hey, him, hey, to be clear mims is a best ball guy specifically for me yeah yeah that, that best makes ball. sense yeah uh terry mclaurin Jack uh, and Jackson Smith and the jig, but both guys could miss week one or be limited early. Um, I'm not really, I think with Terry, I'm not reading too much into it. Uh, JSN, it sounds like he is going to miss time because he did have surgery, which is a little different from what mm-hmm. Terry just kind of got like an injury to his toe. But I think, I think he'll play week one. JSN seems like he's going to miss at least a week or two. It's just, he's not going to go on pup to miss, uh, to miss four. So, um, you know, that, I mean, that just kind of solidifies Lockett and, and Metcalf yeah. a little more early, like, you know, probably gives him a, a bump or two up a spot or two. Um, well, more so Lockett. I think Metcalf's kind of locked in right. to that wide receiver like 13 range. Um, so uh, JSN, like how, how much have you downgraded him? Like he's um, slightly. Yeah. I think, I think at this point it does look like he's going to miss week one. I'm talking about a game, game and a half. I, I don't want to lower him too much um, in terms of rank, just because you're not really drafting him to start week one anyway. Um, he's I, ideally going to be, you know, one of the first couple guys on your bench anyway. Um, so I would still 
draft him maybe inside the top 45, maybe the top yeah. 40, because I still like his upside. Like if Metcalf or Lockett were to go down, like he could provide wide receiver two value. That's not a common thing at the wide receiver position. So um, if anything, th- this could be a nice time to buy low on him. If he does fall outside the top 45, I think that's an excellent pickup, um, even if he misses the first couple of games. So that with that, I'm trying to juggle my median projections and kind of how that translates to rank. Uh, but right now he's my wide receiver 48. Yeah. Uh, my, my thing is if you're looking for a rookie, I would take Zay Flowers in that, in that range. Yeah. Um, that's my first yeah. guy um, over, over, over Addison as well. Just because I, I just think ha- he has the clearest path. Um, he doesn't need an injury to anybody to potentially yep. be the top receiver. And yep, yep. Bateman and Beckham, you know, they've been pretty injury prone. So uh, even more likely for him to move up the pecking order uh, regardless. So, yeah, I would agree. I think Flowers has the clearest path uh, out of those rookies. And, and emoji scout Odell Beckham uh, approves of, of Zay Flowers. <laughs> yeah. Lots of lots of tongue emojis. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, tongue emojis. <laughs> that, that must be good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Odell Beckham knows, you know, he knows about balling out your rookie year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Corey Davis retired. Mm-hmm. And that actually cleared up a lot because I was kind of in the back of my head, like thinking, like, wouldn't Corey Davis kind of start if he was like, you know, I, I know they got Hardman and like Corey Davis is kind of like a real receiver and Hardman more of like a not. So, but now, uh, you know, the thing I'm hearing is that Randall Cobb is going to be the slot receiver. Um, so like, I, like how, like, what are you, where are you ranking Cobb and Hardman with this Corey Davis news? Um, There's still Outside of draftable range, um, you know, I, I moved Cobb up quite a bit because, um, like like you said, I, I was projecting Corey Davis pretty high. I, I had him being, you know, their number three receiver. So I think, um, you know, Hardman, Cobb, there's they're a Garrett Wilson or Alan Lazard injury away of potentially being fantasy relevant. So they definitely move up, you know, that ranking. But, you know, Hardman's my wide receiver 75 uh, Cobb is my wide receiver 85. So they're still outside of the range. I don't know if they have a ton of upside. Um, so I'm still not getting much of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I have them both in that. Uh, I have Hardman 86 and Cobb 90. So yeah, it's, um, it's not, it's not looking too great if, for him, but it does give him a little boost. It's just that it's hard to say like either one of them will be a full-time role. Cause they probably won't, you know, Cobb played yeah, they might split. Of snaps last year. Yeah. They might split yeah. work. Um, and I, I'm hearing, you know, uh, Tyler Conklin has been one of Rogers' favorite targets. So maybe, you know, with that news coupled with Corey Davis, uh, you could bump Conklin up a bit because we've seen Rogers connect with his tight ends, especially in the red zone as well. So he, he's a guy that has been moving up a little bit for me in this offense. But really, it just looks like it's all Garrett Wilson. I mean, you know me, out oh, oh, awful consensus. I, I already had Conklin like tight end twenty or something like high. Like, <laughs> tight end twenty. I mean? yeah. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. That's, like, I was like, all right, this is. But no, nah, I, I think Conklin is in, in, in a two tight end lane. He's kind of sneaky, but um, yeah, doesn't really. Most of these, most of these guys for the Jets out. I uh, was, you know, Lazard. Maybe, it, maybe it gives Lazard a little more of a, yeah, a little bump. Like I have him just inside my sure. top fifty, and I think he was outside it before, so he's in my. 49 right now so um you know Lazard I think is looking better and better uh, Quentin Johnston behind Josh Palmer uh and that's something you know I, I do think people like Johnston was getting a little bit overdrafted when he was going like early 40s um I, I think he should be going you know probably probably more as like a wide receiver five probably like outside that top 48 mm-hmm. I because because I do love the upside for the Chargers and I think they're going to be pass heavy and and do a lot of things but um, like they don't have any reason to like rush a guy like Quentin Johnston. And even if he does get that number three role, I mean, you're talking about target Hagen Keenan Allen, uh, another great receiver in Mike Williams and Austin Eckler, one of the top pass catching running backs. So like the, the upside for Quentin Johnston to actually be like a true league winner <laughs> is kind of low. So like, I'm he like, even though he's probably like, a, like a, I guess I'm one of the higher floor guys just because of the offense he's in. I don't know if he has that like true top 12, top 15 league winning upside that I'm still kind of looking for if I can find it in that range. So uh, what about you? Where are you at? on, on Um, 
Yeah, yeah, definitely bump him down. But this is this is typical for rookie wide receivers. Yeah. Um, they usually need a few games before breaking out, maybe leapfrogging somebody. If you remember, even Justin Jefferson had to deal with like Olabizi Johnson the first couple of games, his rookie season. So I think eventually Quentin Johnson will leapfrog Palmer. Um, but I, I get the appeal why people will draft him as their wide receiver for because again, you're probably not banking on starting him early on anyway. Uh, and he just has a high ceiling. Like he probably has the highest ceiling of all the rookie wide receivers, not saying he will hit it, especially as a rookie. Uh, but if, you know, Keenan Allen or Mike Williams were to miss time, I could see him putting up wide receiver two value. So he, he's still a flyer, uh, but I'm with you. I think, I think Zay flowers in that range is probably the best yeah. bet. Um, but yeah, just temper expectations. A lot of these rookie receivers look like they're going to be farther down the depth chart than we thought initially, but that's pretty common. And then, you know, if they're good the rookie season, they will move up accordingly. Yeah, I mean, so I I, I was kind of doing, kind of looking at league winners, um, you know, doing some research and just kind of looking at, you know, wide receivers who, you know, beat their ADP and, and, and also finishes like a top six, top eight guy. And it turns out that that's really not what you're getting from rookies. Like that, it, it's very rare for a rookie to like deliver that true, true top end up. So I think like Odell was one that may have done it. Uh, but it's it's very rare. So like that's that's something to kind of remember here. Like these rookies are guys that you're kind of looking for to be like good high upside, like depth pieces, good, good flex spot or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe get to like a wide receiver two if you're lucky. But um, you know, if there are other guys that you think still have mate could have wide receiver one upside or something like that, like by all means, I think you gotta go. And the one thing that concerns me about like Johnson versus Palmer, and I, I've made this mistake before, is like Palmer is t- 25 heading into year three, coming off a big year two jump. So like, and he's a third round pick. So like Palmer is another one of those guys that like, you know, could be entering his prime. And so it's, it's, it's not just going to be that easy to overtake him necessarily. Um, So, so that's, that's another thing that, so yeah, I'm kind of, I'm, you know, John's probably not getting much Johnston um, just Mm -hmm. because, you know, I I like to try Herbert is actually a guy. um, You know, I think like he's, just get Herbert and then you get all of these guys. So yeah, exactly. If Johnson's um, great, then that's only going to help Herbert right, even more. Right. Yeah. So I think Herbert's kind of sneak, just going a little under talked about coming off that bad year last year. Um, who else we got? Yeah. Jordan Addison, another guy, like I know you were really high on him. I, some Minnesota fans seem to think he didn't look good in his preseason. I don't know. What did you think? No, I thought he looked fine. I'm, you know, he's missed a week or two with the concussion. So he's had a pretty quiet close to camp. Uh, but he, he's the guy from this rookie class, I think, has the clearest path to wide receiver three value. I'm not calling him, him a league winner necessarily. I think that's a good call that you mentioned that because if you remember last year, like Garrett Wilson and yeah. uh, Chris Olave are great rookies and they finished uh, as low end wide receiver two. Yep. So yep. I think that's kind of the ceiling we're dealing with here. Um, and it was kind of a bad receiver class, not going to lie. I think that's why the Bills took Kincaid so early. But um yeah, I think of all the rookies, I still have Addison ranked the highest, although it does look like KJ Osborne will be the, you know, the number two <laughs> wide receiver to start the season, as annoying as that is. Um, but the, Addison's the kind of guy that, again, you're not looking to start in week one anyway, but I think he is really talented. You know, he's in a pass-heavy offense. Um, and if either, you know, Justin Jefferson or TJ Hawkinson were to go down, or I guess KJ Osborne, um, he could offer wide receiver two value, but I think you made a great point. Uh, tempering expectations with all the rookies in terms of their floor ceiling combo. Uh, but I still like Addison. He looked really good when I was watching him. Um, so I think, you know, he could have a solid rookie season. Yeah. Like I, I do have him behind. Uh, I, I do have him behind Zay. Like Zay is uh, to me, I, Zay is just like, I, not even just like just the, the path. I just think like that, like if there's going to be a guy to be like another 2014 Odell Beckham, I just think it's going to be Zay Flowers. Like I just, I just think he might just have one of those type of years where it's just like, Oh, 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 it's this guy. Like he's, like yeah, he just well, has that, that like when I watch him, he just has that it to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not just the path. It's the offense too. You know, yeah. they, they should be a lot more pass heavy than, we're used to when it comes to the Ravens. So, I mean, he should benefit from that. Um, but, but I agree. I think at this point, he's probably the rookie with the best, you know, floor ceiling kind of combo. Yeah. And uh, also should mention the Vikings may go to a little, little bit more heavy personnel. It shouldn't affect the pass game too much, but just something to keep in mind, you know, they extended CJ Ham, they signed Josh Oliver, a great blocking tight end. So they mm-hmm. might run a little less to, uh, you know, three wide than they did last year, which could also like, it's not necessarily just, 
you know, plugging in Addison or Osborne into like the Thielen role from last year either. It's yeah. kind of, it could be a little bit of a lower um, snap percentage for the third wide receiver this year. Um, and let's see, uh, what Carolina, if, if you have to draft one receiver, who is it? Cause Chark and Marshall are kind of banged up. They could miss week one. Uh, they traded for Amir Smith-Marset. Adam Thielen caught a touchdown in the preseason and Jonathan Mingo is the rookie. Well, no one really, but if I have to pick, it's Jonathan Mingo, the rookie. I just think he's the best fit for someone like Bryce Young. Um, really good after the catch as well. But again, he's probably not going to win your league. Uh, I think maybe early on in the season, Adam Thielen might be offering the most value, but again, not enough to like make it in your starting lineup and leagues that start three receivers. So I think for me, the best value is still Jonathan Mingo. Yeah, I have Mingo right around that top 60 as well. Um, but so I, I am pretty like high. He's another rookie I think could come up sooner than later. But, um, you know, it's it, it's tough to project. I mean, watch it just be LaVisca. Look at the. Yeah, the exactly. This is like the the Chiefs depth chart, but without Patrick Mahomes. Right. You know? <laughs> Speaking of which, Justin Ross makes the Chiefs roster at wide receiver. But. Uh, and I think we talked about this on another pod. Like my prediction for the Chiefs is that all of their wide receivers are going to be in this kind of like frustrating rotation where like the top guy is probably not going to get more than like 60, 70% of the snaps over the course of the season. And the, But the bottom guy will get like 20 <laughs> to 25, 30. Um, so I, I'm really not like drafting many Chiefs receivers. I think Rasheed Rice has some, you know, upside as just like a guy who – looks like he could separate but like he also had drop issues so I mean any Chiefs receivers stick out for you uh, I still think it's Sky Moore um, but I do agree I think it's going to be a frustrating uh, team to project I think Marquez Valdez Gantling might be the guy that's running around over 70 percent of the time but not doing much with it um, so it's going to just be very frustrating you know they they still have Justin Watson I think Richie James um, yeah, he's been gonna be playing a lot early in the yeah. season uh, so I think the guy I would take a flyer on is still um, Sky Moore. Um, and what, what's up with Kadarius Tony? He avoided the pup list, but he is expected to miss like the first week or two. Like, what, have you heard anything on him? I mean, it's Kadarius Tony. You don't even have to hear. He's just an injury. Of course, he's, of course, he's expected to miss. Like it's Kadarius Tony. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not drafting Kadarius <laughs> Tony. Like, I just don't think the guy can. can I don't even think the guy can stay healthy for a like a string of games right. where he's like a getting starter snaps, much less a season. So, um, yeah, Chiefs Chiefs are going to be pretty frustrating um, unless like Kelsey mm-hmm. goes down, which he never has. So, except that rookie year. So, um, yeah, Rondell Robinson off the pup for the Giants. This just kind of throws, I, I think, some cold water on like all these like you know Jalen Hyatt's ceiling, and it's just going to another one of these just rotations. I feel like that could change throughout the year, and they're kind of using Waller as a wide receiver, which cuts into yeah. everybody even more. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I don't want any Giants, uh, but uh, other what, than Waller, what, yeah, oh yeah, love Waller. Um, Trey Palmer in in, in the uh, Tampa Bay is going to be the number three receiver, so that's kind of interesting because I mean he's an injury away from being a top two. For, mm. for this team, um, you know, if Evans or, or Godwin goes down. So I got to sit to monitor uh, in deeper leagues, maybe you uh, or, or best ball, maybe you take a flyer uh, or stash him. But uh, uh, any thoughts on, on him? Yeah, no, I think he's going to be their week one uh, starter. Uh, I'd feel a little bit better out of, uh, about him if they had Tom Brady under center instead of Baker Mayfield. Uh, but he's worth the flyer in deeper leagues. And we had a fun moment in our discord um, where I had the over on Palmer's prop it was like 20 and a half or something and i and i had the bucks uh plus three in that game and i said we we could use a uh trey palmer 32 yard touchdown right here and that's exactly what happened the next Ooh. play so we had some fun with that but yeah love, love is upside he's speedy um and you know with everybody concerned with godwin and evans he could be wide open for a touchdown or two early in the season so yeah he, he should be their number three receiver I mean, who who's he competing with? Um, it's like Kate Geiger Ivy? and no Geiger got oh, cut. Oh, Geiger got cut. So it's you know yeah. uh, Devin Tompkins and, and, and David Jarrett. Moore. Yeah, Jarrett. Just... No, Moore got cut too. It's uh, Raheem Jarrett. Raheem Jarrett. Oh, Moore got cut too. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's yeah. Godwin Evans, Palmer, Tompkins, and Jarrett. As of now, I think that could change. You know, wow. They might, they might add somebody or trade, but as of now, yeah, 
I, yeah, so Palmer through. might be running around, you know, 60-70% of Baker's yep. drop back. So that's that's worth something. Maybe he he's probably DFS only, but someone to, you know, monitor. Yep, yep. I mean, I personally I think Tampa Bay is going to be more of like a low score like 17 to 10 type type cuz I think yeah. their defense is actually pretty solid, so uh-huh. it probably won't be a huge uh huge bump for Palmer, but just somebody to keep an eye on because he's definitely uh, have like he's definitely come into a much bigger role than we expected. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, Jimmy Graham Looks like he played his way onto the roster. Yeah. Uh, you know, any 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 thoughts on, on like, did, is he going to have value at any point? Or is this just like one of those reclamation yeah. projects that's going to fade out? <laughs> Probably the latter. Uh, but he looked great. Uh, the, the last time he was on the field, he was screwing over Stucky and I on a prop. Um, and actually, um, I had the Texans uh, first half in this game. And that, that was when Jimmy Graham was going off. So I was having some flashbacks. Uh, but yeah, Graham looked great and I, he made the team. If anything, he's going to just get red zone looks. Um, so this could ding Juwan Johnson even more who, uh, he had what, seven touchdowns last year. So that was kind of the peel with Juwan Johnson, but now he's got to fight off Foster Moreau, Taysom Hill. Um, and now Jimmy Graham specifically in the red zone potentially. So, uh, I, I lower Juwan Johnson, uh, you know, he's, he's probably outside my top 20 now at tight ends. Um, the fact that they kept Jimmy Graham. So this is more of a bad news item for, uh, Juwan Johnson. Nah, I, 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 I'm after last year, I'm not allowing myself to lower Juwan Johnson. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't care. He's my tight end 18 and he's damn sure staying there. Like, I, don't give, <laughs> I don't care how he has to stay there. He's staying there. Yeah, um, fair point. But you know, you know, what's funny. You and Stucky have been living in this alternate reality where Jimmy Graham like walked off into the limelight and retired after catching that touchdown to like lose your prop. But he actually came back the next year and played a whole nother year. He was just so like irrelevant <laughs> that like you completely forgot that he played like wow. all of 2021. Like that yeah, wasn't well, his last year. <laughs> he, uh, he looked really, really good uh, in this last preseason game. But like you said, it'll probably fade away. All right, uh, that is going to do it for our stock watch, final stock watch uh, of 2023, heading into the regular season here on the Fantasy Flex. Be sure to check out Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Stay tuned for our next episode where we go over all of our top league winners of 2023. Till next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.